Oh, I do enjoy an evening with a little light entertainment. But when your video heads get dirty, you lose your picture. Not a pretty sight. Happily, this new Polaroid video cassette will help you. It actually cleans your heads as it plays, so dirty heads needn't haunt you. New Polaroid video cassettes. Get the picture? To a bonus episode of Pump Action Podcast. Ah, 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 ah. Yes, a second Halloween episode. Uh, I can tell that it's Halloween here in the old dojo. The jack o' lanterns are lit. We both have a bowl of. Frankenberry cereal. <laughs> We've got a bob for apples earlier. That's right. And um, yeah, we're the, the mood has been set because today we are going to um, kind of do a 180, right? Because normally we, we talk about movies, the best movies to set your workout to. But what would we want to set to this this movie? I don't know. Cardio, running. Car- <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Because you'd be running mm-hmm. away from killer clowns from outer space. Space, 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 space. Yeah. What year did this come out? 1988. 1988. Uh, you know, there was a lot of good movies that came out in 1988. Yes. I'm not so sure this was one of them. Um, I think it's found its audience. Yes. I did not see this until probably about 15 years or so ago. Maybe 10. Like I, I, To be honest, never was on my radar. I honestly, for the longest time, thought it was a trauma film. And I did go through a short phase where I worshipped the ground that Lloyd Kaufman walked on. <laughs> and then I learned really fast that like it's kind of just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> And I kind of heaped it into that 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 pile, but um, I have learned over the past couple of years to really embrace this film. Now, um, I only got you know, normally I'm all about repetition because to me, you know, repetition builds the strongest podcast that we can make. And normally, I would watch a film, you know, three or four times. I only got to watch this three times. One time, just kind of loosely was on in the background. Because I let my four-year-old kid watch this. And I did not think that it was going to scare him. And it did. I was a little disappointed by the, uh, the impishness of my son being spooked by um, rubber-masked clowns. But I get it. I guess at four years old, I was only watching Conan and 
you know, I don't know. I wasn't watching scary clowns, but um, yeah. So I only got to watch this uh, about a week or so ago um, for the first time in a while. And then I watched it again last night, um, just straight through. And I was going to watch the director's commentary because I have the Blu-ray and I just, I didn't get around to doing it the second time, but I do have some notes and there's a lot that I can't wait to hear about because if you have not seen this movie, do it. It's a lot of fun. And I know I feel like I say that with every movie, like, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Oh my gosh, what a nostalgia trip. But this really is a really solid film. Like, you think it's going to be trash, and it is, but in the best way possible. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited to talk about Killer Clowns um, from Outer Space. That's recently has, like, a new, like, explosion of popularity um, my sons are obsessed and this is kind of why I let them watch it because they're obsessed with spirit Halloween, right? This, the show or the show, excuse me, the store. And I mean, when I say they're obsessed with spirit Halloween, we go to spirit Halloween about every weekend and multiple stores because I don't know. We just do. They watch YouTube videos about a guy that goes to all of these spirit Halloweens across the entire United States <laughs> in a yellow Humvee. And we watch that and they know all of the animatronics and da, 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 da. So I thought, well, I'll just show them because there's a couple of spirit or a clear killer clown animatronics that Spirit Halloween has. And so I thought, well, it's I don't even remember it being that scary. And there's really very little if zero gore or blood in this thing at all. Um, it's very campy. And I remember it laughing more than I was, you know, obviously spooked by it. But I let him watch it. And boy, was that a mistake <laughs> because um, he slept with us for about uh, two days after that. But anyway, um, I think I'm kind of just talking uh, out of my ass. Hey, hey! Um, what do you? What kind of information do you have on Kill? Well, let me ask you this first. When well, are you a fan of this? Like, have you seen it before? I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah, I didn't see it when it first came out, like you. Um, but I was vaguely aware of it. I just I never saw it because I thought it looked dumb. Yeah, I just yeah. wasn't really into movies like that. Yeah, and yeah, I didn't see it till probably about five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of touch on this later, but it was played on uh, cable TV a lot back in the 90s. Okay. And um, that's where my wife saw it. Mm-hmm. So she had seen it back in the day. And about five or six years ago, she kind of turned me on to it. And uh, yeah, it's a great movie. It is a great movie. Um, um, before anything, I think the very first kind of like remembrance that I have of this was um, I've always been a big soundtrack guy and I know we have to talk about this, the theme song because that's like the first thing that I want to talk about when we get there when the time is right but you know I, as even as a kid I was thinking on the way over here you know the very first remembrance that I had of this movie and I just kind of like blocked it out was I had the record I, uh, a long time ago um, I used to beg like literally beg my parents to like buy me soundtracks of films and I mean I was only like maybe a fourth fifth sixth grader probably at that time and my parents kind of misunderstood because they're like he doesn't really want the soundtrack he probably just wants like a storybook so I was like no like I want the Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack I want the music to the film and my parents would still like every hey hey I would get like um, the storybook of Raiders of the Lost Ark where like some jabronis reading it, like a 30 minute condensed version. I would have, I had that. I had the empire strikes back storybook. 
they bought me the freaking E.T. one where Michael Jackson's like seeing like or <laughs> reciting the story. Oh, man. Um, and I was like, no, like I want the soundtrack. So long story short, um, we used to go to this place called Buttons um, in Tulsa, which is actually right over there where you're. Well, I shouldn't say this, but it's um, over there by the Farm Shopping Center. It used to be across the street. It used to, used to be a Peaches for a long time. And then this store called Buttons um, bought it out. It was Buttons Records and Tapes. And I used to go over there and just peruse like the soundtracks because a art I loved like the that Drew Struzan artwork that you would see on some of those um, those album covers was just fantastic. But I remember somebody had flipped the Killer Clowns album backwards. So as I'm flipping through the records one day, I see like this really like bizarre like rubber faced. I mean, it creeped me out at the time as a kid. And so that's kind of what put it on my radar. Uh, I remember that. And then I know that I heard the song Killer Clowns from Outer Space way before I ever saw the movie. I'm like, oh, okay, that's where that came from. So anyway, that's kind of like my first experience with that was just by happenstance. I never thought about it. Gave it a second shot or thought because, like I said, growing up, it, I just thought it was dumb like you. And I thought, like, oh, it's got to be a trauma film. But anyway, um, I can't wait to dig into this because I have a lot that I want to say. I'm already saying it, but go <laughs> ahead. What, what kind of notes did you uh, find under the big top? All right. Get your popcorn. Yeah. Uh, so Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, clowns is spelled with a K, by <laughs> why, the way. In why, this, I wonder why that is. Uh, um, for, it's a 1988 American science fiction horror comedy film. Covering all the bases there. It sure is. Written, directed, and produced by the Kyoto Brothers. And starring Grant Kramer, Suzanne Snyder, John Allen Nelson, and John Vernon. It is the only film written and directed by the Kyoto Brothers, who also created a lot of the practical effects and makeup. The story is about a clan of evil extraterrestrials who resemble clowns. They arrive on Earth and invade a small town in order to capture, kill, and harvest the human inhabitants to use as sustenance by drinking their blood. <laughs> That's such an interesting twist. You don't yeah. even find that out till like the very end of the film. He's like sucking it through like the silly straw. Right. I freaking love that. <laughs> so uh, the main cast, uh, we've got Grant Kramer as Mike Tobacco. <laughs> how's, how's that for a name? Suzanne Snyder as Debbie Stone, John Allen Nelson as Dave Hansen, John Vernon as Curtis Mooney. Other uh, actors in the film include Michael Siegel, Peter Lacasse, Royal Dano, Charles Kyoto as one of the clowns, uh, Christopher Titus, and Claire Bartle. So the Kyoto brothers, Charles, Stephen, and Edward, they were mainly known for their special effects work. They specialized in clay modeling, creature effects, stop-motion animation, and animatronics. They have created special effects and puppets for such films as Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Robocop, UHF, Ernest Scared Stupid, Elf, Team America World Police, and the Critters franchise. They also provided stop-motion sequences for five episodes of The Simpsons. That is an amazing filmography right there. Yeah. That's impressive. So that I mean that's one of the reasons that I think this movie is so good because yeah. it was made by effects guys, and they kind of know how to 
how to make a film around that. Yeah, I think they know like what looks good and right. what's going to look good on camera. Yeah. So in 1982, the, the Kyoto Brothers founded a production company, Kyoto Brothers Productions. One day, Stephen Kyoto tried to think of the scariest thing he could imagine. He came up with a scenario where he was driving up a deserted mountain road and someone passes him on the left. When he turns to see who it is, it's a clown. <laughs> he told this to his brothers, who then expanded the idea by asking, what if the clown is actually an alien? And what if he wasn't driving a car, but just levitating over the ground? Ah, that's kind of in the movie. It is in the movie. A producer the Kyotos had previously worked with had a connection with Transworld Entertainment, or TWE, which was a production company. The brothers wrote a treatment for a movie, created a poster, and a small statue of a clown holding a gun, and took it all to TWE to pitch their idea. The executives at TWE loved the idea and bought the project before the Kyotos had even written a script. So I'm going to get into a little bit of the actors here because I found some interesting tidbits. Yes. Grant Kramer, who plays Mike Tobacco, is basically the main kid in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the t- Mike Tobacco and uh, what's her name? Debbie? Yes, Debbie. Uh, they're basically college students. Well, and, first of uh, all, I love the fact that this does take place in a college town and all of the college kids are like in their mid thirties. Yeah. Like I just, I mean, <laughs> that right off the bat is like amazing. Like the one guy. Okay. So I know we're jumping ahead, but I have to touch on the two punks that are just, I'm just drinking wine in the park. Like what's wrong yeah. with that? He has like the worst receding hairline, but they kind of like poofed it out with like, um, hairspray to kind of hide it. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, basically the, the, Two main characters are in college students, and the other couple of main characters are police. Um, so anyway, Grant Kramer, who plays Mike Tobacco, had just left the soap opera The Young and the Restless and was looking for work. Having previously appeared in the 1984 film Hard Bodies. Whoa, uh, I remember that. I remember that VHS cover, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh. He was offered a shot at the sequel, but passed after reading the script. I guess lightning doesn't strike twice. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Um, you know, Hard Bodies really had a story behind it and, yeah. and a message. It's a lot of yeah. social commentary. And Hard Bodies 2 was just a cash grab. Yeah. You know, I, I respect that. <laughs> he was then offered a role in a martial arts movie being filmed in South Africa. But when he learned the whole operation was basically an apartheid money laundering operation, he backed out. Oh, shit. Yeah, sounds kind of scary. Yeah. He then auditioned for the movie Mask, starring Cher and Eric Stoltz. What? Yeah, uh, I don't, and I don't know if he was actually going for the role of Rocky, the kid, but no, but he he was not. Uh, he was rejected for the movie. Yeah, too good looking. Yeah, uh, and then next, uh, that's where Killer Clowns popped up on his radar, and he got the part. Um, after this, he continued to act throughout the '90s and up into the up into the 2020s actually but over the last 15 or 20 years he's mostly been producing um his mom was an actress uh i mean the actual actor his mom was an actress named terry moore who claimed to have married howard hughes in 1949 on a boat in international waters 
Wow. But uh, she claimed the captain who performed the ceremony destroyed the marriage records. Of course he did. Um, so there, there was no dispute that she was actually in a relationship with Hughes for many years, but uh, the mar- her marriage claims held no legal standing. But the Hughes estate still settled with her for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Holy cow. Yeah, that's a crazy story. She walked away with the Kleenex boxes for <laughs> shoes. <laughs> uh, another interesting story about this guy. Um, his great-grandfather was a man named Stuart Kramer, who was a cotton industry titan in the uh, late 1800s. Yeah. And uh, he coined the term air conditioning. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, where else are you going to find facts like that, yeah. ladies and gentlemen? Um, he, I guess for his cotton mills, you know, yeah. he was kind of involved with cooling them and stuff. So nice. He came up with the term air conditioning. Well, thank you, Mike Tobacco's great grandfather. <laughs> I love AC. Uh, a hundred years later, we have killer clowns. <laughs> yeah. It's a natural progression. Right. Uh, Suzanne Snyder was the actress who played, uh, the heroine mm-hmm. in the film, Debbie. Uh, prior to starring in Killer Clowns, she had appeared in such films as Return of the Living Dead Part 2, Night of the Creeps, Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, Weird Science, and The Last Starfighter. That's a pretty heavy, uh, impressive filmography yeah, as well. Uh, she also appeared in roles on TV's Chips, Family Ties, and The Facts of Life. After Killer Clowns, she didn't do much acting, appearing in a few episodes of Seinfeld and a handful of movies throughout the 90s. She currently makes a living as a health and wellness and yoga instructor. And that's why we're talking about her. That's right. <laughs> uh, here's our dojo connection. Yes. John Allen Nelson, before Killer Clowns, um, he plays the uh, the main cop in the film. Yes. Uh, he played the title role of Deathstalker in Deathstalker 3. Whoa. Deathstalker and the Warriors from Hell. I have that trilogy on I've, on the. Uh, I've got the VHS back there somewhere. Oh my God! Look how oily. Yeah. <laughs> so greasy. Yeah, um, I have the. Uh, there's a. They came out too, not too long ago. Well, not too long ago. This was at the height of the Corman DVD. Um, they had like a sword and sandal collection, and it's all four Deathstalkers on on one disc. Yeah. I need to break that bad boy out and watch it in in uh, in honor. So, uh, Deathstalker three came out the previous year to Killer Clowns, I believe. This is David the Cop, right? Yes. Okay. He had also appeared on such TV shows as Hunter, Scarecrow, and Mrs. King, and the soap opera Santa Barbara. His later claims to fame include recurring roles in Baywatch in twenty four as well as appearing in the very first episode of Friends. Wow. Yeah. I'm telling you what, this is a star-studded cast. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, they, you know, assembled so, so many talented <laughs> folks. Like, for real, though. And again, going back to what you said, everything about this movie works. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. So, originally, the movie was just titled Killer Clowns, but... They didn't want audiences to assume it was just another slasher movie, so they added From Outer Space to give it a campier sound. The budget for the film was about $2 million, or about $5.5 million in 2023 million. That's $5.5 million? Is, I mean, in 2023 dollars? That's mm-hmm. all it cost to make this movie? Yeah. Most of that went towards production costs <laughs> and special effects. Although the Kyoto brothers were special effects artists themselves, a lot of the effects were done by other artists so the brothers could focus on the overall production. 
The most expensive prop in the film was the popcorn gun, which actually fired popcorn and took six weeks to build at a cost of $7,000. That is awesome. And now you can buy that at Spirit Halloween. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not. You can buy that replica at Spirit Halloween. Does it actually shoot popcorn? I don't know if it actually shoots popcorn, but we have to be able to rig it to where it can. Yeah. So the film was shot in Watsonville, California, and at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk over the span of 36 days. The majority of the vehicles used in the movie were actually rented, so they tried to avoid damaging them as much as possible. One car was accidentally driven off a bridge, and the Jeep filled with the clown's cotton candy webbing needed $3,000 worth of repairs. That's awesome. (laughs) The solvent used to clean the fake cotton candy damaged the Jeep's interior. That is amazing. The gimmick of the clowns exploding after their noses are popped is a parody of zombies being killed after being shot or stabbed through the head. Well, that is actually one of my notes about some of the resemblance of some of the Romero zombie films. Right. Um, I didn't specifically write this down, but they purposely made a lot of references to like old school monster movies Mm -hmm. in this. And the zombies thing was one of them. There was some reference to... uh, I think Forbidden Planet at one point, uh-huh. and uh, a couple other of those old, like old, old school fifties movies. Yeah, the scene of the clown levitating alongside of the car that initially led to the whole idea of the movie was intended to be the opening scene of the film. The production attempted to film the sequence on two separate occasions, but had trouble each time. A shortened version of the concept was ultimately used and appears towards the middle of the film. The Kyoto brothers actually did some work on the Clownzilla sequence at the end of the film with Charles Kyoto himself wearing the rubber suit for the oversized clown. This was originally intended to be a stop-motion animation sequence, but the production started running out of time and money, so they made it a suit instead. For the regular killer clowns, the human-sized ones, The effects artist made four generic clown head sculpts, which they then used as the base to turn into multiple different clown heads. The clowns themselves were played by uh, dancers and acrobats. The masks were then fitted with animatronics to show expressions and move around. Incidentally, two of the masks were later used as trolls in 1991's Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, man, we should be doing that one, too, (laughs) next, next year. So many movies, so little time. We'll put that one on our radar. So in the original ending of the film, Dave, the police officer, is killed. But test audiences didn't like this ending, so it was changed at the last minute to show Dave surviving. And uh, you can tell how obvious that is. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, but like (laughs) the the whole alien spaceship that he's in explodes like 500 feet up in the air. Yeah. And then he just kind of falls down in this little car. And he's, he's yeah. Like, Ta-da, I'm okay. <laughs> well, also like the, is it Terenzi Turin, Tur, Brothers? Terenzi Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. They blow up too. And they're like, oh, it's kind of like they did the old Indiana Jones in the uh, icebox. Nuke, yeah. nuke, 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 nuke the, the fridge. fridge. <laughs> they was like, oh yeah, we, we, we survived by hiding in our freezers, our ice cream freezers. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that little car he comes out of or whatever it is, it, it just looks there's like paper plates glued onto the outside and painted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just p- pretty obvious they kind of shoehorned that in yeah um 
the theme song here we go this yeah is, here we go the theme song for the movie was written and performed by punk rock band the dickies and was later released on one of their albums which was entitled killer clowns from outer space yeah that's the actual record that i own yeah uh, a complete soundtrack for the movie which has some of the more inter- instrumental stuff was released in 2006 I need a, the music in it's really good. Like I, I yeah. think I probably should track that down eventually. But yeah, um, just to kind of go back on the on the Dickies um, album that I picked up, it was the greatest thing I'd ever picked up at that time because um, not only did you have the Killer Clowns theme, they also did like a lot of like punk rock cover songs. Um, one of the ones that they did was the uh, is it the Fl- the Flintstones the Eep Op Orc Ah Ah Eep Op. Orc, uh, uh, means I love you. Wasn't that like the Flintstones? Uh, Wasn't like Pebbles or something? I think so. I can't remember, man. But they had that one was on there, and it seems like there was like a oh the was it the Banana Splits theme maybe was also on that thing as well. <laughs> so it was like a perfect like collection of just like little funky fun ass songs. Um, and I thought, man, those are kind of cool. You know what I mean? Not that I was like a punk rock kid at that time, but I just. Like I said, I bought it strictly for the album art, you know, and then I got got it home and thought how what a fun record it was. But Killer Clowns from Outer Space was released in the U.S. and Canada on May twenty seventh, nineteen eighty eight, by Trans World Entertainment. Although TWE was initially excited about the film, in the end they basically dumped the movie off in a handful of theaters in the middle of summer instead of the more obvious Halloween season. There were only a limited number of prints made of the film that would show in one city for a few days before being packed up and shipped to the next town over. Oh, the good old days. Yeah. As a result, the movie bombed, but I did find a source saying it made a little over $15 million, which was about $40 million in today's dollars. That's so, pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, they made their money back. Yeah. Sounds like. Um, but here we go. Here's Here's where they got screwed killer clowns was released in theaters just days after willow crocodile dundee 2 and rambo 3 (laughs) and just days before big funny farm big business and poltergeist 3 yeah so So all of those movies came out in a span of like two weeks back in may of 1988 and how many classics are in there i mean there's like five like classics yeah. and they're shoehorned in, like you said, in between there. Yeah. And I don't know what else. Came. Beetlejuice came out this year. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at the list and it, it was just crazy how many classic movies came out in 88. Yeah. TWE also had no interest in merchandising the rights to Killer Clowns. And although it bombed on its initial release through video rentals and showings on late night TV, including uh, HBO and I believe USA Network. It did manage to start gaining a following, and today it is considered a cult classic. When the film first appeared in video stores, it started getting so popular there were uh, rumors and reports of the videotapes being stolen. (laughs) It currently has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 76%. Film critic Leonard Maltin gave the film zero stars when he first reviewed it. Well, that's just not fair. But years later, his opinion softened, and he then gave it two and a half out of four stars. Killer Clowns currently generally has moderate to high ratings from media outlets such as the AV Club, MTV.com, Dread Central, JoeBlow.com, and HorrorNews.net. A VHS release of the film followed in 
DVD release on August 28, 2001, and a Blu-ray release on September 11, 2012. A special edition Blu-ray came on April 9, 2018, featuring a newly restored version of the film, interviews, documentaries, deleted scenes, bloopers, and other similar treats. So if you want to, I'm sure that gets way, gets into way more detail than what we're talking about here. Yeah, actually, um, I slept on that because, again, I wasn't like the biggest fan of this film. <laughs> um, and I think it's Arrow that put that out. I don't know if you know anything about that production company or that mm-hmm. distribution company. But they do kind of take like a lot of like campy, you know, over the top like duds and try to like give them like the criterion version. Long story short, I slept on that set because they had like a Dune one too that like, again, I'm kicking myself. Then they even had like the original like poster art for it. Long story short, I slept on it. It's now out of print. I was like, I wonder how much that thing goes for. So I was trying to find a copy. Two hundred and forty-eight dollars. <laughs> like I, I, I'm a big fan of this movie, but I'm not a two hundred and forty-eight dollar uh, uh, fan. I just got the um, uh, regular old Blu-ray, but it does have the the uh, director's commentary. But it is available for free. You have to watch it with commercials on Amazon Prime if you guys have that. A sequel to Killer Clowns from Outer Space has been in development hell literally since the first one came out in 1988. The Kyoto brothers uh, started coming up with sequel ideas immediately and even had a plan to release Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D in 2012. Up to four sequels were planned with each one focusing on a different character from the original movie. The 2012 release would have seen Mike Tobacco as a now rambling town drunk teaming up with two street performers to battle the killer clowns who have returned from outer space. And why do we not have that movie in front of us? That is a movie that I would watch. (laughs) The release of the sequel was delayed to 2013, but then ultimately canceled several years later in an attempt to get a television series made. In October of 2018, the Sci-Fi Channel announced they were in talks to make one or more sequels to not only Killer Clowns, but the Critters franchise as well. This deal ultimately fell through as well, and the franchise is currently in limbo. The Kyoto brothers have stated in the past that financial and legal difficulties were primarily responsible for the decades-long holdup in getting any sequels made. But uh, they are, like this movie was, is their, like, life's work? Yeah. Their, their, uh, what do you call it, their magnum opus? (laughs) Their Um, uh, Citizen Kane? Yeah, they're... They seem to be still very active in promoting it and talking about it. And yeah, trying to get get more made. So we, there still might be something someday. Uh, we have to. I mean, like you said, if there can be four critters films, <laughs> there has to. Well, I'm shocked, you know, that now you say that. Why was there never a sequel to this? Because it's perfect fodder for it, you know. Well. Uh, we we're kind of getting to that now. Uh, a few Killer Clowns action figures were released between 2005 and 2017, and uh, starting in 2018, a Killer Killer Clowns from Outer Space themed scare zone started appearing at Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. There you go. In 2019, it was expanded into a full fledged haunted house with merchandise now being sold. The Killer Clowns house returned in 2022, but uh, it does not appear to be around this year in 2023. Damn it. I don't think. I tried to look it up, and it doesn't look like it. It's not there. 
I hope uh, the Kyoto Brothers, surely they still profit off of that, correct? Uh, I hope so. Because I know, like, it is, you know, there's like a Universal logo. And there's also 20th Century Fox, too, I saw, too. Yeah. But, yeah, um, so starting in 2021, Spirit Halloween started selling killer clowns-themed Halloween costumes and decorations. And they're still doing that. Yes, they... This year, 2023. Tons of... of killer clown merchandise we have the blanket my son has the blanket (laughs) in august 2022 a multiplayer video game based on the film and involving the kyoto brothers was announced and it now appears set for release in 2024 for windows playstation 4 and 5 and xbox one and series x so it's kind of having a resurgence here in the last four or five years yeah um as of right now, the video game seems like it's the unofficial sequel yeah. for right now. But well, um, this this movie's still still got legs. Yeah. If my wife's listening, I guess you know what to get me for Christmas. <laughs> PlayStation 5 or 4 with a copy of Killer Clowns game. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where we are today with this movie. It was kind of kind of bombed picked up cult status over the next couple of decades and it's it's having a resurgence in popularity right now yeah i wondered like if um you know the the re-release of it had anything to kind of do with that because there for a while like it was all clowns 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 i don't know if you remember or not but even like four years or so ago (laughs) clowns were showing up like on on like wherever like in the middle of the night just standing on the road and right hey hey it was like a real deal like i teach school and um, we had an incident where a child claimed to have seen a clown standing in the woods that backed up next to our playground. And he went and told the principal this. Well, here's the deal. When a child makes a, um, what, like a accusation like that, by law, we have to investigate it. Right. The police were called <laughs> and they did a sweep of the area just to make sure that there were no killer clowns on our playground tell them to aim for the nose <laughs> yeah, definitely like the death star everybody's got a weak link right you know what i mean so well um that's all i had for killer clowns well um, if you've got some more we can I, get into that before I, we get to our top 10 list yes definitely well you know like i said i i you know repetition is key to make it a successful podcast and i only got to watch this twice but um this is just kind of going off of memory uh, we've kind of covered a lot of it because um, I did want to talk about the theme song um, by the Dickies. I love how that opens the film. It's like perfect. Um, and I love like how like everything in the film has some type of like circus related like theme, like the burger joint. And I love the idea that the Kyoto brothers and the production crew just sat around, like literally made like they must have made like a flow chart of like every possible clown amusement park circus reference that they possibly could cram in like, okay, so we can do this and you know put that here. Cause there's so much like little details that like are just like mind boggling. Um, I wrote a few of them down. Uh, we have the, thir- the circus theme burger joint. Um, we have the ice cream truck, the ice cream truck. We, yeah. With the, uh, the, the clown on top. Um, when we get into like the set pieces, um, the details we have like the loud colors mm-hmm. 
every spr- like all the wires are jack in the box springs. I don't know if you noticed that oh, or I not. Never noticed that. No. Um, the the level like the levers like that they're just like randomly punching right. for for like whatever reason just yeah. to do something on screen. Those are all like ball pit balls. I don't know if you re- noticed that. Um, the cotton candy cocoons and there's mm-hmm. that one scene where they're like cotton candy cocoons, cotton candy cocoons. Are you serious? It was cotton candy cocoons? Like they must have said cocoon. Like, oh my God, I was rolling. Yeah. Um, the candy appled corpses. I was just like, that's a genius one. Um, there's all the zany zoinks and, you know, boinks and bong. Mm-hmm. Like all the sound effects were great. The popcorn gun, the balloon wombs. Perhaps to me, the, the crown jewel of all of it was the um, balloon dog. Yes. Oh my God. Like just the, the mastery of the puppetry in that. That is true, master of puppets. Hey, hey! Like the fact that, like, just now, not only does he make the sounds, but like when he's like on the trail of the people that that, he, that he's that they're chasing, it's like sniffing around on the ground, and then it like looks his head up, and he like leans into the smell, <laughs> and you can see the little balloon knot like kind of twitching. I'm like, oh my god, I can't, I can't, I lost my shit. Hey, hey! Like. Um, so just like all oh, the little like just things like that was just like amazing. Um, I love the fact that we get the you know like the t- the mayhem around town montage. You saw a lot of that in eighties films when, it, right. when movies like this, um, whether it was Night of the Creeps. There's always the a drugstore scene. Yeah, there's. I was gonna say you have like <laughs> Gremlins. I think had one like that. Um, Ghostbusters, you know, had had the mayhem scene, the drugstore scene. Yeah, definitely that. There was that. Um, I, I got to talk about the cast because, you know, when I was watching this, like movies back like this weren't supposed to be good, but the people that are in those movies, they don't know that like they're acting their hey, hey! and it works because they're totally into it. You know what I mean? Like they're selling every line like they mean it no matter how ridiculous it is. Um, so just the cast, like I thought, was just brilliant. The guy that played the Mike Tobacco, which was the was the greatest. Um, I, I love that. Um, he had so much charisma, and he just like popped off the screen. Just every time he's on it, like I just, I mean, he carried this film. And I loved like the little bizarre love triangle between um, him and Debbie and the um, young rookie hotshot cop. Right. And I love too like the little B plot of like um, him being the hotshot cop, trying to like do it the right way. And then you have the old grizzled like veteran, you yeah. know, that's like, oh, I've only got one more day to retirement. <laughs> and then he's like, you're not gonna make a dummy out of me. And then like that one scene where like he goes back to the police station. And like the guy has like yeah. the blood dripping That's down. That's pretty his... gruesome. <laughs> yeah, he pulls like, his. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> yeah, he pulls, pulls his hand out of his back. I was just like, oh my god. So, uh, the, but do the, among other things though. So we uh, talked about the gruesome parts. Real on quickly that. The, about the casting, uh, the Terenzi brothers. Um, I read that those two guys at the time were stand-up comedians. So oh, okay, okay. Well, I knew they must have had some kind of connection because that's just how they play it on screen. It's almost like they present them like we're supposed to know who they are. And I just was like, huh. I mean, I was kind of into comedy back, you know, stand up comedy because that was like all the rage back in the 80s. But um, but yeah, I I loved and it's only in films that characters like that can exist. And it seems like you had those also like in the um, in 80s movies like the Frog Brothers and like Lost Boys and just those zany like wacky characters that kind of almost save the day at the end. Um, 
I love the the old the the uh, the old man again. That's the only like the the farmer guy that says yeah. stuff like tar nations and uh, <laughs> a consarnet, like you know, Pooh like Pooh Bear, like stuff like that. It can only exist in films. Um, the the locations, the set pieces are just mind blowing. I don't know if you realize it or not, but it looked like the Death Star. Like it had that shape, like the the tunnels that they were walking yeah. down the hallways. I was just like, they just kind of ripped that off Star Wars, which I loved, but only did they gave it like a circus theme. Um, but I was thinking like, man, those were built. Like those are sets that they're literally acting on. If you were to do that today, it would just be green screen. Like everything would, would look fake. You know what I mean? So just the fact that somebody went through the trouble of actually building all of those sets. I mean, that's why movies like this, I feel last, you know what I mean? Like they left an impression on us because you're acting in that atmosphere, which makes it even more, all the more real. Um, we already talked about the college kids in their thirties. Uh, the B plot. We already talked about that. Haley's comet. Um, I remember that being a big deal when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I, I should have looked up when Haley's comet was last visible. I think it was 86. Yeah. I remember it like being a big thing at our school. Like, um, I remember doing like an art, we had to do like an art contest on Haley's comet. Um, and the winner got like this special pair of glasses, like 3d glasses that you could wear to look at Haley's comet. And all it really did was just like give like strobe effects or like trail effects. Like when you look at lights, you know, (laughs) it wasn't anything like spectacular, but I remember like that being a big deal. So kind of tying Haley's comet in with the, um, the spaceship or whatever. I thought that was kind of genius. Um, I also too remember speaking of Haley's comet, you know, I'd seen, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind by then, and just the thought of Haley's Comet passing Earth scared the hey, shit. Hey, hey! There's nothing more that scared me than, than those aliens at the very end of those the real thin spider one. Jesus, man, like that was the shit. Hey, hey! Nightmares, and so anyway, that's kind of a another episode, I guess. Um, they tease the monster. I love that. You know, at the very beginning with the shadow, and then like you said, the hole opens and he like scoops up the dog. <laughs> but yeah um gosh that's really about all i have um like i was saying the actors sell every line like they're acting in like gandhi or like freaking godfather like it's just amazing and like you know you see movies like this they try to do movies like this now it just doesn't work because everybody's in on it yeah you know what i mean like they yeah. know they're making a shit hey, hey! they know that it's they're very self-aware and just back then like in the 80s like people were using films like this to jumpstart a career, you know, jumping from TV, like a soap opera to getting into a movie and hoping that, you know, um, it was going to lead to something else. So they're not just like half assing it. Like they're really like acting, you know, as best they possibly can with the most ridiculous material. And you have a ton of actors that did that, you know, um, like Jennifer Aniston was in like troll and um, gosh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the, it's just too too broad to, to think right now. But right. I know like um, Full Moon Pictures has like a DVD just called like Before They Were Stars. <laughs> and it's all about just like famous people like George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Like these real shit. Hey, movies, hey! You know, before they were famous. Um, we got the, t- uh, okay. We already talked about that. Pizza Jack in the Ball. Oh, I love like the, the, the mayhem scenes too where like you have like the real zany, wacky, um, it's all played for slapstick, you know, like where like the girl and like the scantily clad like 
you know, lingerie opens the door and they're holding the pizza and he like pops his head out yeah. like a jack in the box and like shoots her. And then you have like the drugstore mayhem that we talked about. You have like the one that's like acting like an animatronic gorilla <laughs> yeah. out front, which is hilarious. Um, then also like the one where he's like goes up, he's riding the bike, almost like Pee Wee Herman. Um, up to like the biker bar and he's just like, what are you going to do? Knock my block off. And he like jumps up and he has boxing gloves on. He like knocks the dude's head into the trash can. So I love the fact like all of that's played for complete slapstick, but then it kind of flips because there's that scene in the burger joint where that clown's out front and he's kind of going like this and he's trying to lure that little girl, which right. is creepy enough. But then as she like kind of comes out of the restaurant, you they kind of film it from behind, and he's got like this giant mallet that he's gonna bludgeon her to death with. And I was just like, holy <laughs> shit, hey, hey. child. Um, so like I love like you know they remind the audience like you know these it's funny, but these are really killer clowns. You like they have no morals, they have no standards. Like they would kill a child if, if they needed to. Um, but then it goes back into like the pie fights with the acid, you know pie fights and hey hey this is such a fun movie like i just it's hard not to not like this film yeah um 86 minutes is all you need to tell the story (laughs) i love it um yeah they we need a sequel so kyoto brothers yeah hit us up yeah bring us that sequel we definitely need it so all right well i have uh to uh, finish off our halloween podcast here i've got a top 10 list from timeout.com. Mm, our this, source. This is the top 10 movie monsters of all time. Oh, this is a good one. According to timeout.com. All right. We'll see how it compares with my list. Yeah, there's there's a million of these top 10 movie monsters lists on the internet, but this is just one of many. Uh, number 10, Godzilla. Mm. Number 9, the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. That's the guy with the eyeballs. And yeah, his hands. hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eight, the Gill Man from Creature from the Black Lagoon. Count it. Number seven, Universal's Frankenstein. Count it. Number six, Pinhead. Yeah. From Hellraiser. Number five, Medusa from 1981's oh, Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a great one. Number four, Universal's Dracula. Yeah. Uh, number three, the Alien Queen from Aliens. Take that. Number two, The Thing from John Carpenter's yes. The Thing. And the number one movie monster of all time, according to timeout.com, is Nosferatu from 1922's Nosferatu. Nosferatu. Yeah. Oh, that's a, not a bad list. Really? So, well, awesome episode. Um, I enjoyed this one. Like I said, not our normal fare. We're all really about, you know, toning our bodies. I don't have a clown workout. Um, You know, maybe a couple of flower squeezes and (laughs) maybe some shot put pie throws. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of (laughs) shooting from the hip. Lots of cardio on your bike or your mini bike, your tiny little bike. (laughs) Burn that seat. Have that seat burned. Wasn't that like a like Krusty the Clown was like had to do the little trike trick yeah, and yeah. he like rode and, or no it was Homer and he got his pants like stuck in the spokes <laughs> and he pulled his pants off and he's like burn that seat. 
<laughs> so awesome. Well, yeah. Um, oh, boxing workout, I guess. Yeah, there's a boxing scene in there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And yoga, the yoga instructor mom, I guess. I mean, do your yoga, yeah. do your boxing, do your bike riding, and uh, throw your pies. Yeah. So anyway, yep. well, I guess that'll do it for uh, for this episode. Um, you can find us over at um, Pump Action underscore Podcast on Instagram. Um, we also have a brand new email address that um, is getting ready to that's getting ready to drop. I'm going to go ahead and you know give you subscribers the first uh, you know if you want to get a hold of us. Um, it is Pump Action Podcast at gmail.com. You can email your suggestions or your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we've had a lot of feedback. Um, people loving the episode. Huge in Australia. Huge in Canada. We had a listener in Bosnia. So if you're listening, I want to say hello in whatever language that Bosnians <laughs> speak. I kind of put on the spot. I'm a Bosnian? little taken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello? I don't know what they speak over there. But yeah, we're huge in Australia. We have like 25 downloads from Australia. I mean, most of us are centered here in the U.S. But um, g'day. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, we'll definitely we have that. Crocodile Dundee 2 coming soon. Yeah, it's in the pipe. Yeah. Um, we'll put that down and get that all edited up and you know, pump that one out. kind of fumbled that one. <laughs> I wanted to do Crocodile Dundee, and I really meant Crocodile Dundee Part 2. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll do the sequel sequel episode. But anyway, um, yeah, so you can find us there. Drop us a line. Tell us what you think. Tell us if we suck. Um, Luckily, people have not done that. People have really enjoyed what we do here. Um, But, yeah, get a hold of us and tell us, you know, suggestions, feedback. We'd love to hear from you guys. So, um, I'm TIE Fighter. And this is T-Bone. And thank you so much for listening. Keep your workouts lean. Keep your workouts hard. Maybe one day you too will be number one son. Bringing genocide to the gallery. Time to take a ride.